Amen. <laughs> Amen. Y'all can go and be seated. Y'all can go and be seated. Uh, man, it's been, oh boy, <clears throat> it's been a fun day. It's been a fun day so far. Um, one thing that's really cool, and this helped me because it helped me to see kind of um, why it's so important that we gather together. The Word says He inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of people. And every single service, every single service, I'm telling you, I've, I've sat here for the past two months, and I, I try to worship the best I can and, and do what I can behind the camera and all that kind of stuff, but there's nothing like gathering God's people together and praising God together. So God is here at this very moment, so I'm excited about what He's going to say in the Word. So go ahead and grab your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter number 21. John chapter number 21. Um, we're in the midst of a series right now, and so the series is called After the Resurrection. We started it uh, right after Easter, and uh, we've had about four messages or so in this series, and so if you haven't been tracking with us, uh, go online, watch it on Facebook, watch it on Vimeo, go to our website, templebaptistfairview.com, catch up on the messages. And so the first four weeks, we basically laid out a case of how, why the resurrection is real, how we know the resurrection actually happened. And so that's a really cool how, how Jesus showed himself and, and, and revealed himself in different ways so that we can know he did raise from the dead. It wasn't just some, some fairy tale. It really did happen. And so what we're going to do the next several weeks is we're going to, as we're taking these from the resurrection to the ascension, these 40 days Jesus was on this earth after he was crucified, we're going to look at the final instructions or words of Jesus, okay? Uh, now, the title of the message today is, Do You Love Me? I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Say it with me. One, two, three. Do you love me? Do you love me? Okay? Do you love me? So that's the title of the message. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to take that phrase and we're going to f- focus on individual words in that phrase throughout the whole entire message. Now, uh, let's, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get started. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I pray right now that... As, as we have talked about in, in weeks past, Lord God, I pray that we are hungry for your word today. Lord God, so many times we, we, we come full, but we're full of the world. Lord God, we need to come hungry for your word. And so, Lord, right now, I just pray you just move in an awesome way, Lord God. You open our high eyes, open our ears, but most importantly of all, Lord God, open our hearts to what you have to say to us today. In your wonderful holy name we pray, amen, amen. All right, so uh, before we're going to start in verse 15, but let me kind of summarize the beginning of John chapter 21. Some of you are very familiar with this section of Scripture. Some of you have never heard it before, so we'll just kind of go through it. So Jesus has is, is, is shown himself to the disciples, um, the 11 minus Thomas, and then he eats in front of them. He says, look, here's my body. You can touch it, all kind of stuff. Then they show himself again eight days later with Thomas in presence because Thomas wanted to know. And thus I put my finger in, my, in, the, in the nail prints and thrust my hand inside. I'm not going to believe. And so this is the third time he shows himself to his disciples. So they're at the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee. And Peter says, I go fishing. All right. Now I've never heard preachers say he was going to fishing because he was abandoning the call. Okay. Well, looking at just a minute, I don't think he was actually doing that. Maybe you just want to go fishing. Anybody ever like to just go fishing? All right. <laughs> yeah. Like some people are like, yeah, I would love to go fishing. Like right now. It's raining outside. It's okay. Uh, but I will go fishing. And then, um, so the other disciples, like six of them say, we're going to go with you. And so they go out and they, they fish at night. And so they go and they, fish all night they, they haven't caught anything and there's a guy in the morning on the shore that yells out children have you any meat and they say no 
He says, cast on the right side. And then when they cast on the right side, they get this great multitude of fishes. And there's one particular disciple that they say, uh, that, whom he loved. This is John, okay? John, the writer of the, uh, the apostle who wrote the gospel of John. He says, it's the Lord. Now, when he hears it's the Lord, Peter puts his fisher's coat on and he jumps in the water. So I don't really feel like he was abandoning the call. I think he was ready to go see Jesus, okay? But he jumps in the, in the water. And, and, and the reason why I think John knew it was Jesus, because you remember three and a half years before that, when they first called him, is that that was the same way they called him. They forsook all and followed Jesus. Same thing happened. And so, so he gets to shore, and when they get to shore, there's Jesus with some, a coal of fire, bread, and some fish, because you know what? If you've been fishing all night, if you caught anything, you're tired, you're hungry, you're wet, you're cold, especially Peter, right? He just jumped in the, in the sea. And, and, and there he is, he says, come and dine. And so they all gather together, and it says this is the third time he showed himself. So that's where, that's, that kind of catches up to where we are today. So they're sitting there, there's the coals, the fish, the bread, and they're sitting down eating with Jesus, okay? So if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to, want you to write down, number one, do you love me? But I want you to focus on a particular word in this one. Do you love me? Capital M-E. Do you love me? Capital M-E. E, all right? And so we're going to be in John chapter number 21, starting in verse 15. So here we go. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. And so they're there sitting at, 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 at basically eating that morning, having breakfast, and Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And he, no, let me say this in particular, this one. He says, Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, some people would say that he was talking about the fish. I think he's talking about disciples. And the reason why I say that, I can prove it because of what Jesus, or excuse me, what Peter said to Jesus the day before he was going to be betrayed and he was going to be crucified. Matthew 26, Matthew 26, verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. Talking about that night he's going to be betrayed. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. And after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee, which is where he is right now. Notice what Peter says in verse 33. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. He says, look, Jesus, maybe everybody else is going to, to be offended by you and leave you and forsake you, but I will never do that, Jesus. Now, some of y'all know what happened, but Jesus talks about that in verse 34. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice, which is exactly what Peter did. But notice what Peter says to, to Jesus' saying, okay, this is what's going to happen. You're going to deny me three times. Peter, in verse 35, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. I will not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So once Peter said, look, I'm not going to deny you. Jesus says, you will deny me three times. Peter doubled down and said, no, I will not deny you. And then all the other disciples said, yeah, us too. So the reason why I think he's saying specifically of, uh, more than these is because Peter's already told Jesus before his crucifixion, I love you more than everybody else. 
And so Jesus is saying, hey, do you love me more than these, more than these people? Because he's, he, he, Peter said, I'm going to be the one who's not going to forsake you. They all may forsake you, but I'm not going to do that. And then the response that, that, that Peter has, to me, kind of comes off a little self-righteous. And kind of, I can see him laughing because he's like, yay, Lord, of course. Of course I love you. And here's the deal. You should know that, Lord. You should know that, Lord. And then he says to him, feed my sheep. But, but here's what I want to help you with on the, from the standpoint of the comparison. He was not looking to know if he loved him more than everybody else. He wanted to know, do you love me? Not in comparison to somebody else's love. Do you love me and me alone? But I love that he says, feed my sheep. Or excuse me, yeah, or excuse me, feed my lambs. He says, feed my lambs. Now, uh, what is a lamb? Somebody help me out. A baby sheep, right? Okay, that's pretty, I told the kids they were going to have something, right? Okay, baby sheep. All right, so that tells me this, that Jesus cares about young people, cares about the children, and also cares about people that are young in their faith. Okay, he cares about that. And he mentions it specifically that Jesus cares, Jesus cares about the young. He's saying, okay, feed my lambs. Now we'll look at that a little bit more from the standpoint of what Jesus said to him. So what is the application? This is the short point, okay? The next point's a little bit longer. But what's the application here, all right? Because Jesus is saying, do you love me? Like, am I priority? Am I top? So how can you make God a priority this week over everything and everyone else? Maybe it's this. Maybe you wake up every morning and you read your Bible. That's a way to put God first. Maybe consistent prayer in your drive to work. Uh, you know, you turn off the radio, turn off the podcast. Uh, some of y'all want to do this, turn off the people that are in the car with you. Like, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> like, stop talking. Um, but I can tell you, some of my greatest prayer time has been in my truck by myself. Like, I just, I just turn off the radio, turn off the podcast, turn off the people if they're with you, and just start talking to God. Like, it just, it, like, there's something about, like, just spending time with God that way. Uh, maybe singing worship songs at home. If you didn't know some of these songs, go to YouTube and sing them, sing them in the living room, sing them in the kitchen, sing them in the bedroom, and your people are like, stop singing. Like, no, I can't help it. I'm worshiping. All right? Some of my best worship has been at home. And then kids, look at this. this y'all can even make God a priority. You should, when, when it comes to time for mealtime, you say, I'll say the blessing. All right? And maybe you can memorize the Bible verse. Uh, uh, Jesus. Sorry, Matthew. You were close, okay? Sorry. <laughs> it's the beard. All right. But ask Matthew what the, what the memory verse for the kids is right now. Even though we're not having kids ministry, we're still putting all the videos out, 8.30, 10.30 on Facebook. And so he said it was John 3.16. So if you don't know that, kids, let's go ahead and memorize that because when you memorize God's word, that's making him priority in your life, okay? So that's how we can apply that. All right? Number two, if you're taking notes. Do you love me? <laughs> but we're going to focus on the word love. So do you, capital L-O-V-E, me. Do you love me? Let's keep on reading in verse 16. Verse 16. It says, he saith to him again, this is, this is Jesus saying to Peter again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Verse 17. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. 
So the, first, the second time he asks the question, he doesn't compare him to anybody. He's just saying, hey, do you love me? And he says, yea, Lord, I love you. He says, feed my, feed my sheep. Then, he's, then he asks him a third time. Now, I don't know about you. Tim, I'll pick on you a little bit, all right? So here we go. If Tim came up to me and asked me a question, and I gave him an answer, and then he asked me the question again, and I gave him the same answer, and then you asked me again, I'm like, okay, obviously you know an answer, okay, that I'm not given, all right? But I'm like, are you trying to embarrass me, Tim? Like, you're trying to make me look stupid? What's the deal, Tim? Why are you doing this to me? So I, that's how I feel like Peter's feeling. Like, you're making me feel stupid. Like, Jesus, why do you keep asking me this all the time? Now, here's the thing. I don't, I do, I don't do a lot of Greek and Hebrew stuff, okay? In the Old Testament, the original language is Hebrew. Most of the New Testament, the original language is Greek. The reason why I don't talk about Hebrew and Greek a lot, because I don't want you to feel like you have to learn a new language to understand your Bible. You don't need that, Okay. Now, the Greek and Hebrew is good, but sometimes you get so caught up in the original language that you forget about what are the things that are plainly in your Bible in English, okay? But we're going to talk about the Greek and Hebrew a little bit because we need to understand the word love. Now, there are words in our English language that mean that are the same word but have a different meaning, okay, right? There, there, we, we, we do this all the time. Like there's, there's a one word you can say, and it means this in this circumstance. Then you say that exact same word, and it means something very different in a different circumstance. And that's exactly by the word love, okay? Now, there's different Greek words for the word love. One word that we're not going to talk about today, but like the, the, the Greek word eros, which is love, but like in a lustful way, love. We're not going to talk about that love, okay? But we're going to talk about two types of love. There's agape love and phileo love. Agape love and phileo love. Agape love is self-sacrificing, unconditional love. Phileo love is brotherly love, like, like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, okay? So you have agape love and you have phileo love. Now here's what you've got to understand about this, okay? When we read it in English, we see the word love. But if you would read it in the Greek, you would actually see two different words in this discussion, all right? Because here's what Jesus says. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you agape love me? Do you love me in a self-sacrificing, unconditional way? And the, reason, the way that Peter responds is, I phileo love you. Jesus, I love you in a brotherly type way. So then he asks him again, do you agape love me? And he says, and Peter says to him, I phileo love you. Now here's where why Peter got grieved. The third time he asked him, Jesus goes, do you phileo love me? And that's what grieved Peter. Because then he realizes, wait a second, the love I've been saying I express for Jesus is a phileo love. And now he's pointing to me that, look, you said you have agape love for me, but really what you have is you have phileo love for me. And that's when he says, you know all things. Because, because Peter didn't love him unconditionally. Peter didn't love him self-sacrificially. Because what did he do? As soon as he had the opportunity to deny Jesus, what did he do? He denied him. He denied him. So to say, so for Peter to be boldly say, I agape love you, he couldn't say that. He kept on saying, phileo love, phileo love, phileo love. Now, to understand what agape love really looks like, we can kind of look at how he affirms the love that he's looking for. Okay? So, so Jesus says, you know, lovest thou me, agape love. And he says, yea, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, feed my lambs. He says, agape love again. He says, feed my sheep. Now, here's what's interesting. The third time, he says the same thing about feed my sheep because he's not talking about agape love anymore. He's talking about phileo love. Now, here's how you need to understand this, okay? 
Agape love, feed my lambs. Agape love, feed my sheep. Because here's what we need to understand. Love is a verb. Okay? Love is a verb. Let's go back. Let's see how many, if y'all have been paying attention to school, okay? There are different types of verbs, okay? But when a verb is doing something, we call it a what kind of verb? An action verb. Love is an action verb. What Jesus is saying, like, look, if you say you love me, if you say you love me, then here's what I need you to do. It's an action verb. Because I, here's what I figured out. My wife is not okay with me just telling her I love her, and that's it. I tell her every morning I love you, and she expects more. You would think if I just said, hey, I love you, that that kind of covers the whole entire day. But for whatever reason, my wife, when I say I love her, she doesn't say, don't just tell me you love me. What does she say? Show me you love me. Like, where's the gift? Where's the date? Where's the, where's the project that needs to be done at the house? Like, do that, and then I'll know. Then I'll know that you love me, okay? Because love is not told. It's what? Shown. It's shown. Now, so let, let's just do this. Here we go. This will be fun, all right? All right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. All right. Okay, I know some of the guys are having a little hard time with this, okay? So you can add the bro or man, okay? I love you, man. I love you, bro, okay? Just go ahead and do it. It's all right. Okay, some, some people are in there like, I just can't say it. I just can't say I love you. It's so hard for me, all right? I'm not going to point out any, any particular people that have a hard time saying I love you. Okay, so, but, but we say I love you. We say I love you. But we can say it all the time, but love is an action verb. Now, John talks about this later on in the epistles that he writes later, the Apostle John. So in 1 John, not not the Gospel of John, 1 John 3.18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So true love is not lip service, right? True love is not lip service. I can, tell, I can tell somebody I love them until I'm blue in the face, but true love is not lip service. True love is actual service. It's actual service. Now, somebody would look at that and go, well, of course, you know, it's not just love and word. It's love and deed. But sometimes what you have to do is you have to understand the Bible in context. Because we read that just the first John 3.18, okay, I get it, Buchanan. I don't need to just say I love God. I need to actually do something about my love. I get it. But you, don't need, you need to understand what love is. You need to understand the true definition of what agape love looks like. Because what we can say is, I love God, so I'm going to do this, 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 and this. But how does Jesus, excuse me, how does, how do, yes, how, obviously he's written the word, but how does John describe it in 1 John? Let's go back a couple verses. Verse 16. It says, hereby, hereby perceive we the love of God. Notice, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. If Kids, if you know John 3.16, you need to memorize 1 John 3.16, all right? Notice this, verse 17. But whoso hath this world's goods, has, has possessions, whatever it may be, seeth his brother have need, and shut up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? He gives an example. Like, if you have an opportunity to bless somebody and there's a need, and you don't bless them, how can you say you love them if you're not willing to bless them? And then he says in verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. So what does true love look like? Here's where I'm going to get some of y'all, okay? 
According to this verse, true love looks like this, a willingness to die for someone else. A willingness to die for someone else. Okay? Now, a lot of people say, man, you know, I'd die for my, my spouse. I'd die for my kids. I'd die for my dog. I don't know, okay? All right? A willingness to die. But it's greater than that. It's not just a willingness to die because I think a lot of us can say, man, I'd die for this and die for that and die for this and die for that. When in reality, when it came down to it and you had to make the decision, you would cut tail and run. It is not just about a willingness. It is about when you, if the opportunity presented itself for you to, to, that you had to die for someone else, not only are you willing to do it, but that you would do it. Now that's kind of heavy, right? Like to think about, like to show, to, to show true love, I have to not only be willing, but, but, but would die that now some of you are like i don't know if i believe that i don't know if that's beginning i think you're you're taking a little little bit of uh uh scripture liberty over here and you're kind of taking this verse and taking that verse and you're trying to make it out to be in order to show love you got to be willing to die for someone else or something great i'm glad you argue with me here we go so verse 18 verse 18 notice as soon as this whole discourse one two three of peter do you love me Verse 18, he says, Verily, verily, the word means truly, truly. I say unto you, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. Basically, you took care of yourself. But when thou shalt be old, uh, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou would not. Now, I, when I look at that and I read that, I look at it going, okay, I understand this because I'm getting older. How many of y'all despise getting older? Okay, thank you, all right? Like, every young person's like, I want to be older. And all the older people are like, I want to be younger, okay? And, and, I, and you look at this verse and you think, you know what? There, the, there was a time, there's a time where, where, you know, I can get and do and all I want to do. But every single one of us, we live long enough, somebody else is going to take care of us. You know that, okay? Somebody else is going to take you where you need to go. Somebody else is going to clothe you and do all other kind of things. Okay, I'm a little scared about that. All right? But that's going to happen. Like, like, you can do your thing now, but eventually you're not going to be able to do it. And that's how I'm reading this verse. Like, okay, obviously that makes a lot of sense. So Jesus doesn't want you to be confused, so here's what he does. He goes on in verse 19. It says, this spake he, signifying by what, by what, what's that next word? By what? Death. He should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me follow me. Now, what's interesting about that is that we look at this and go, okay, so now we know that when Jesus said, hey, you you need to love me. Do you love me, Peter? And then he talks about how he's going to die. Now, Christian tradition says that that's exactly what happened to Peter. Peter was crucified. He was actually crucified upside down because he didn't feel he was worthy to be crucified like his Savior. But exactly what, what Jesus was saying is like, look, you're going to die for the cause of Christ. And that's exactly what happened. Now, let's, let's, let's put ourselves in this situation. Hmm, who do you want to pick on next? Let's pick on Benny now, okay? All right. Let's think about this. Let's think about this. Jesus comes up to you and says, hey, Benny, you know what? You're a Christian. You put your faith and trust in me. That's awesome. But five years from now, you're going to die for the cause of Christ. And, and, and so th- this is the, you're going to do this, and, and this is your death date. You're going to die for the cause of Christ. And then Jesus says, but here's the deal. Just follow me. 
Just keep following me. Now we can say to our blue in the face, that'd be me. Let's be real. I'd be like, oh, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing anymore. Right? But that's essentially what, what Jesus is saying here. It's like, look, we got to be willing to die. And still, because here's, here's what's interesting. Here's what people want about Jesus. People want all the good stuff about Jesus. Like, give me a home in heaven, provide for all my needs. Like, I love that Jesus part. And then we don't want to talk about the suffering part of Jesus. We don't want to talk about when Jesus said, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. We want the provisions, we want the heaven, but we don't want the cross. Right? Okay? And here's what's interesting about this. That anything less of dying is not too much. Anything less than dying is not too much. Because here's what's hard for me as a pastor. I'm just going to say, honestly, when I look at it, I go, okay, in order for me to say I love God, true love of God is saying, God, I'd be willing to die for you. And I'm not saying, because I'm like, well, I'll die for my, my, my parents or my, my kids or my wife, but dying for the cause of Christ, yes, that's a greater cause than even your wife. That's a greater cause than even your kids. That's a greater cause than your parents. Anything less of that is, is a move towards love, but it's not complete and true love. And what frustrates me is that, okay, I, I don't know if I can serve in a ministry because, you know what, I, 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 I just don't know. I mean, I love God, but I'm not serving in ministry. Or, you know, I, I love God, but I'm not coming to come church on, on a consistent basis. I love God, but does that make sense? But anything short of dying, anything short of dying is not true love. Now, let's keep on going because you're enjoying this so much, okay? Here we go. But he says, follow me, follow me. Now, where's the application there? How can you show God's love to someone else this week? Maybe you can brag on God to someone this week. It's it's funny. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about the news. We can talk about a virus. We can talk about no sports. But we don't ever talk about God to our friends and family. But look at this. We can share the gospel with friends, family, or co-worker. i got to tell you this story. There's a, there's a person in our church, a uh, really good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Jackson. He goes to our DMD on Sunday night. Okay, uh, Disciples making disciples. And, uh, and this week, on a Tuesday, there's a guy he's been talking to about the gospel for several weeks. And so he leads this guy to Christ on Tuesday. Okay? Then the guy who's working with him, because he works for the, for the Joppa DOT, the guy that's working with him, then Jackson proceeds to tell that guy that, hey, you, you, let me tell you about Christ, and then he gets saved. He puts his faith and trust in Jesus, okay? Then they get back to the office, and when he's at the office, the guy who got saved first, the guy who got saved first starts talking to another guy who's lost about it, so the guy who just got saved that morning leads the third guy to Christ on Tuesday, Three people in the Aldot DOT office got saved on Tuesday. And here's what I want to do. When we share the gospel with somebody else, guess what we're saying to God? I love you. I love you. Uh, uh, okay. On, t- on Tuesday, the, Al- the Joppa DOT office, three people got, got, got like forever saved, home in heaven, like put their faith in trust in you. That's really cool. Can I get an amen? Okay, I've been asking for them. Y'all ain't giving them. Okay, all right. Three people. Three people. And, and I'm not trying to be ugly about this. And I told him, I think to his face, maybe not. We'll talk about him when he's not here. Jackson's nothing special. 
It's not. And now y'all say that to him, and I'm like, no, you are special. I love you, okay? But listen, like, he's nothing special. All he did was he was being obedient to Christ. Found out somebody was lost, and so he told him about it, okay? So we can, we can, we can, we can show our love by sharing the gospel. We can call someone who's going through a rough time right now. I don't know about you, but these past two months have wrecked me. I have missed y'all. Like, I didn't realize how much I needed social interaction until I didn't have it anymore. I love my family. I do. And we had some great times together. But I love other people too, okay? And so, and I'm not saying that derogatory way. We've had a great time, okay? Uh, you can call or visit someone who, who you're harboring bitterness towards and show true forgiveness. That's a way to express your love. Kids, kids and teenagers, look at this. This is a way you can express, you can show your love, okay? You can help with things around the house. Wait, I'm going to add something. Without being asked. Yeah. Guess y'all aren't excited about that. Whatever, okay? My kids have been really good. I'm going to brag on them right here. They've been really good. I, I'm worried when school gets in, they're like, oh, I forgot. Okay, I don't know. They've been really good about doing this kind of stuff. But, like, you can, the, serving and, and doing things around the house, that is a way of showing God's love, okay? So that's the love part. That's the love part. Now, here we go, number three. If you're taking notes, do you love me? <laughs> but we're focusing on the you. Do you, do, Y-O-U, love me. Love me. Let's look at um, uh, John chapter 21, verse 20. Because really what's interesting about this is that it kind of, okay, he's been going with Peter back and forth and all kinds of stuff, and then there's like a little twist to the story. And so here we go in verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved. This is referring to John, okay, following. Which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayed thee? That's at the last supper. John's the one who's leaning on Jesus and says, who's going to betray you? Verse 21, Peter seeing him, meaning John, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? What shall this man do? Talking about John. Now, we don't know in in what way he's asking that. It may be in comparison, like, okay, Jesus, you told me what I was supposed to do. Now, are you going to tell John what he needs to do? Or it could be out of compassion that, hey, maybe John's going to have to die too. So if he's going to die and I'm going to die, like, I I, 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 my heart you know, breaks for him and wants, you know, whatever, okay? We don't know. But notice what Jesus says in verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, or basically that he stays until I come back. Look at this, look at this. What is that to thee? What is that to thee? Here, here let me put it in Alabama terms for you, okay? When, when Peter asks uh, Jesus, what about John? Here's what, here's, what, here's what Jesus says to Peter. It's none your business. It's not, not none of your business, it's none your business, right. right, okay? It's none your business, okay? And here's what he says, he says, follow thou me. He says, I'm not, ta- I'm not thinking about John's love for me, I'm thinking about your love for me. Because here's what we need to understand, and we don't think about this, but we're going to bring it all, all together right here. Because here's what happens, we tend to compare our lives to those of others, would you agree? We, we compare our lives to those of others. Whether, look, look at this, from the standpoint of our spiritual walk, whether to rationalize our own level of devotion to Christ, like, like I, I, okay, I know I'm not doing everything you told me to do, God, but I'm doing a whole lot more than Him. Okay? That's what we do when we compare ourselves. Or to question God's justice. Think about this. 
God, I'm doing everything right, and it seems like things are going wrong, but they're doing everything wrong, and it seems like everything's going right. Like, if anybody should be getting some favor, it's me, God. Right? We do that. Whenever something bad happens to us, we think God's mad at us. All right? And, and whenever somebody does something bad over there and they get blessed, we get mad at God. But here's what's going on, the, the you part. Romans 14, so we understand this. Romans 14, verse number 8. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Notice this in verse 9. For to this end, to this end, for this reason, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. So many times we look at, hey, the reason why Jesus went to the cross was so that it was all about us. It wasn't just all about us, it was also about him. He didn't just want you to be, want to be your Savior, he wanted to be your Lord. And he went to the cross and did all that so that he could be Lord over you. And so he says in verse 10, But why dost thou judge thy brother? So why are you looking at your brother? And why dost thou set not at thy brother? For we shall, help me with this, we shall, what's that next word? All stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now we're going to stop for just a second because you all need to understand this, okay? There are two judgments. There are two judgments, okay? There's the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment, okay? The great white throne judgment is when, at the end, when there's a Lamb's book of life. And you want to be in that Lamb's book of life. And the only way you get in that Lamb's book of life is to put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you're in the, because here's what you're being judged for at the great white throne judgment. You're being judged for your sin. And the only way you get in the Lamb's book of life is if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Because when you stand, when you stand up in, in judgment of your sin, the blood of Christ covers your sin and you get into, go, you, go to, you, you are forever with God in heaven for eternity, not because of what you did, but because of what Christ did. If you're not found in the Lamb's Book of Life, this is true. You can read in your Bible. You'll be cast into the lake of fire. And that is where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. It is a place of eternal, forever torment and pain. That's the great white throne judgment. But there's a judgment seat of Christ. And every single one of us, lost, saved, or indifferent, will all stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, what are we being judged for there? We're being judged for our works. We're being judged for our works. And they'll be, they'll be tried by fire. They come out gold and silver or, 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 or um, oh, I'm totally messing up. Help me out, Tim. Yeah, burn up. And, but yeah, right, exactly. Okay, there you go. Are they going to burn up or they come out? Whatever. Sorry. But, but so that's what's going to happen at, at, the, at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll be judged for our works. Okay? Now, I don't know how that's going to play out. I have no clue. I don't know if there's going to be like a, like a, a, a movie that shows about my whole entire life. But every single time I told God no, I'm going to be judged for that. Every time God told me to do something and I didn't do it, that's what I'm going to be judged for. I'm going to be judged on what I did for Christ. Now, some of you are like, I don't, I don't know about this because, you know, what's the big deal about that? Because based upon our works, we will receive crowns, okay? Now, because of those crowns, and there are different crowns, some, there are certain crowns that are only a martyr crown, where the only way you get that crown is if you die for the cause of Christ. But we're going to get crowns, and then later on, we're going to lay those crowns at Jesus' feet, okay? 
Now somebody say, well, I, I, want, to, I want to keep my crown. I promise you, at that moment, you ain't going to want to keep your crown. You're going to put it down in front of worship. So you don't want to go in front of Jesus crownless, right? But here's but the reason why I'm saying this. I don't want to jump ahead. Here we go. Here we want to jump ahead. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess. Notice this in verse 12. So then, we'll go over here, we'll go over here, okay? So then, what's the next two words? Every one of us shall give account of who? Himself to God. See, here's what I want you to, because both judgments, okay? No one's going to stand with you at those judgments. Nobody's going to stand with you. You cannot say in no way, shape, or form can anybody, when, when it comes down to the judgment, either one of them, nobody can say, hey, Buchanan, can you come over here and stand beside me? Maybe you can help my case. You will stand there alone. At the great white throne judgment, you will stand there alone. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Okay, you can be in, for he- in heaven forevermore. If you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus, you will stay in hell, in the lake of fire, in, in damnation forever. That's what's going to happen. But the judgment seat of Christ, every single one of us will have to give an account. Every single one of us will have to look at God and say, God, this is why I did that. This is why I did that. This is why I did that. Because here's what's interesting about this whole deal. Motive matters. Motive matters. You can, do, you can do all the greatest works in the world in front of man's eyes, and if you do it for the wrong reasons, it still doesn't count. Now, you help that person, great and wonderful. But if you did the wrong motive, you're going to stand account for the motives of what you did. Did you just do it so you could put on a show, or did you do it because you really were doing it because out of out of what's our, what's our word? Out of what? Love. Love for God. Because here's what I want y'all to understand, and I take this very seriously. As a pastor of this church, I will give an account on how I lead this church. Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. It says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. Okay, some of y'all don't like the fact that about ruling and submitting and all that kind of stuff. But notice what my responsibility is. For they watch for your souls. As they must give what? Account. They may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now, let me help you with this, okay? I'm, my responsibility is to lead this church how God asked me to lead this church. And your responsibility is to trust the, that God is leading me, and then you follow me from the standpoint of the direction of this church. Now, here's the deal. If you don't do it, that's not on me. Get it? That's not on me. My responsibility is how I lead. Your responsibility is what God tells you to do in that leadership. But if, if, but if I lead and then you don't do when God tells you to do, I'm not going to stand account for that. You will. Okay? We will stand account. And let's be honest, guys. We do not live our Christian life like that's a reality. We don't. Do you know, do you know, do you know what, here, 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 here's the face that every single, I shouldn't say every single, but a lot of people, a lot of Christians, here's the face they're going to have on, on, when they're in the judgment seat of Christ. You know why? They're going to be surprised. They're going to be surprised. What? What's sad about this, that, I've just totally wrecked y'all by the way. What's sad about this is that Jesus himself may say, hey, remember that time? On Sunday, May 17th, 
at the 11 o'clock service when they opened the Bible to a particular section and told you all about this and you still didn't listen? You still didn't do anything about it? Like, so I just wrecked y'all, okay? If y'all go up there surprised, <laughs> Jesus may bring this day up. I'm just telling you, okay? It may happen. It may happen, all right? So I'm not making anything. But look, but let's get serious. Let's get serious, okay? Because, and, and here's what's really interesting about this. To help us understand about giving an account, I think this is the reason why, let's go back to verse, verse 22. 22. Because this is the second time that he said, follow me, to Peter. He said, follow me. But he adds a word in between follow and me. What is that word? Thou. He says right here, he says, look, you've, follow me, Peter. And then he, he references to make sure, you follow me. Peter. You follow me, Peter. Okay? Now, here's the serious part. And if you're not going to do any other application, if you're not going to show the love of God to anybody this week, or if you're not going to, you know, in some way, shape, or form, you know, show your devotion to God in in, in your Bible reading or prayer, this is the one thing. If you can take one thing from this, this is the one thing I want you to do this week. I want you to examine yourself to see if you're basing your Christian life on someone else or focusing solely on what God has asked you to do? Are you basing your Christian walk, your Christian life, on what some, on somebody else and how they, they, they have their walk, or are you basing it solely on what God is wanting you to do? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to meditate on this truth. I'm going to use this word, and maybe this is a little rough. I actually want this phrase to haunt you this week. I want it to haunt you this week. I want it to be that you want to try to get it out of your mind, and you can't. Like it's following you around. This, this phrase that is in your mind, I want it to follow you around this week. I want it to follow me around this week. And here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the statement. I will give an account one day of what God has asked me to do. I will give an account one day of what God has asked me to do. And I want on Monday morning, I want you to wake up and I want the first thing on your mind to say, I will give an account one day of what God has asked me to do. When you're going to work on Tuesday, I want, I want it in your mind going, I, I, I'm going I'm to give an account one day of what God has asked me to do. And when you're going, when you, when you, when you're going out on a Friday night or whatever that, I want you to think about, I, I, I'm going I'm to give an account one day of what God has asked me to do. I want it to follow you. I want it to haunt you. I want it to haunt me. I want it to change me. Right? Okay? Now, here's, here's the thing. We'll, we'll be done. This was my prayer. This was my prayer. Like this morning, what, what we do, we, we got here early this morning. I want to tell you, okay? <laughs> I pulled in the parking lot at 6.30, and, and there was already somebody out there waiting because they were ready to get in, okay? So, like, like we, we got here early, but, but we pray before every, we pray before any services start, we pray together. And here's my prayer. Lord, today, I want somebody to follow Jesus in a greater way today. Today is the day I want somebody to follow Jesus in a greater way today. Now, here's what I'm going to say. The first way, the first way, and that where it all starts to follow Jesus is actually putting your faith and trust in Him. How do you do that? If you've been watching online, here's the deal. Admit, you should be able to do this when you're asleep now. Admit you're a sinner. Okay? Believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead in victory over those sins. And confess Him as Lord and Savior of your life. According to, your, according to the Bible, if you do those three things, He will save you. Not by the prayer you pray or the words you say. It's about what you believe in your heart. That's what will happen. You can take it to the bank. But for everybody else who has put their faith and trust in Jesus, anything short of dying 
is not true love. So there is a step you can take to follow Jesus more tomorrow and the day after and the day after than you did today or yesterday. Okay? And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. If you're ready to take that step, you can pray along with me. That's fine. Okay? But I want to pray. And then I've uh, got a couple announcements and then we'll be done. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. And Lord, right now, at this very moment, Lord God, on the sound of my voice, there is probably at least someone or someones who do not know you as Lord and Savior of their life. They've never put their faith and trust in you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that they would admit they're a sinner. They're a sinner. I'm a sinner. They're a sinner. We're all sinners. We've all come short of the holy, wonderful righteousness of God. We've all done bad things. We need to admit we're a sinner. We need to believe that you went to the cross to die for those sins and three days later rose up in victory over those sins. And the Lord right now, they would confess you as Lord and Savior of their life. And Lord, if they prayed that prayer, we believe. If they believe, Lord God, we believe, according to your word, that they can be saved and have a forever home in heaven with you. Now for everybody else, Lord God, whatever that step, that greater step of following you, whatever it needs to be, Lord God, I pray you give every single person in this room the boldness and courage to take the step. To take the step, and, 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 and here's where it's a real bold prayer, to take the step closer to death. To take the step closer to true love. And so, Lord, right now, we need you in a great way. And, Lord, I pray that, Lord, whatever needs to be done, whatever decision to be made, Lord God, I pray it's been made in this very moment. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, it, it, just one little quick thing, okay? We're going to have, we're gonna have um, altar workers over here. If you prayed that prayer, they would love to get just some information to help you with your next steps, or they can answer any questions. So if you have any questions about that, you can go talk to them after the service, okay? They're going to be there. A um, couple things you need to know. One is um, Wednesday night are going to stay online for now, okay? So be tracking with us on Wednesday night. We'll be online. We'll be in person on Wednesday night, okay? Maybe, maybe for s- several weeks or months. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, uh, so that's how that's going to go. Um, we're not going to pass an offering plate today, uh, but we do have offering envelopes out there and a little chest you can put your offering in. Um, if you want to continue to give online, uh, continue to bring it in person, continue to mail it, you can still do that. That's fine. Uh, I will brag a little bit on this church that it wasn't like it was like we had a bunch of excess, but when I thought it was going to go like this, it actually remained steady through the whole entire thing. And that's because of the faithfulness of people to give. And I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it was huge. It was huge over those two months. And so continue that faithfulness. And if you're, if you're a first-time attender and or um, you need to make a decision, whether it's salvation or baptism or membership, whatever, there are cards out there. They're called Connect Cards. And we're not going to badger you in that. We just want to acknowledge if you're making a decision. So just fill out the Connect Card and then drop it in the little chest as well. We want to help you, okay? Um, I have missed you all terribly, okay? And we'll, we'll, I'm going to test you all. No other service has done that right. I love you all. Good, good. You, you, you cheated because you were in the other services, okay? I've, I've said I love you to every single service, and nobody has said anything back to me. That's terrible, okay? Uh, I've missed you all terribly. Um, next week, be back here, same time. Let, let's, let's go after it, and, uh, and I believe God's going to do some really big things. That sound good? Hey, you all have a great week.